Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. All righty, good morning everybody and uh, great to see you. Whether it is morning for you or you're someone else in the world or you're logging on later on, it's fantastic to see you. And we're broadcasting from a chilly, chilly Manchester, but you're really welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you're getting anything out of this teaching on a, a Tuesday morning, I thought you might want to know that um, this Sunday and for the next six weeks, in fact, it's also repeated on a Monday morning, um, there's a new teaching series going out called Here I Am, which you may have been aware of. I wrote a book after studying the book of uh, Isaiah for four years and teaching it the message called Here I Am. And then we did a, a video series around it, six weeks, digging into Isaiah's call and what it means to just offer yourself fully to God, discover what your call is and go for it. Here I am uh, this Sunday night on God TV at 8.30 and repeated on Monday morning at 10 a.m. for the next six weeks. And if, uh, if you could share the news about that, that would be amazing too. I hope you, you might want to join in that. And uh, also, if you're logging in today, uh, let us know in the chat. We'd love to know where you're coming from and any encouragements and indeed any prayer requests. If you put a prayer request in there, we'll make sure people hear the message pray for you. So thanks for joining us. Um, as you might know, for the last few weeks, I've started chugging my way through the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, the letter of 1 Corinthians. And we started a couple of weeks ago by Paul reminding the Corinthians just who they are. They're a called people, a sanctified people, a holy people, a cross-cultural people, a people who call on the Lord, a rich people, a gifted, expectant, reliant, and people who are in a relationship with Jesus. They're amazing people if they just realize who they are in Christ. And Paul was challenging them, and of course, he wants to challenge us 2,000 years later to live up to that calling, because their calling is our calling. And what a thing to be people who know the Lord. People are in Christ with all the benefits of that. So Paul started off the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, this letter, by challenging them to live up to that. And then last week, um, if you logged on and you can find all this material online if you want, um, he was challenging them about their petty divisions and squabbles and the weird personality cults that had got into the Corinthian church when, come on, guys, it's all about Jesus. And then this week, we close out chapter one with some epic verses. I just love these verses. As Paul is saying to the Corinthians and saying to us, God's been so kind to you. You've been blessed in a way you never deserve. And the gospel is so amazing. Tell me it's not when you read these verses in a moment. So how can you live the way you are? Come on, Corinthians, if you like. Come on, Mancunians, or wherever you're listening from. Come on, let's live up to our high calling. Sam Ward, as you might know, has been doing a series called The Upside Down Kingdom. And Friday morning, I hope you want to listen into some epic teaching from Paul. But as I read these verses, I, I became aware this is not just an upside down kingdom, it's an upside down, back to front, and ultimately, of course, right way round in God's terms. And what a gospel it is. It's a gospel, a good news with a man bleeding and dying, a hideous and humiliating death on a Roman cross at its heart. Sounds stupid, doesn't it? Sounds foolish. You know, this guy dying a criminal's death, but it's actually God's wisdom. 
that that Messiah hanging on that tree was earning our way back to God and paying the price that was necessary for our salvation. So here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to the end to 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where's the wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of the world, through its wisdom, did not know God, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to say to those who believe, Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. On this earth, there are three types of people. There are those who try to get it, try and get back to God, seeking after signs. There are those who look to get there through wisdom. In other, way, in other words, they try and do it in a human way. And there are those who discover God through revelation. God steps in. He opens their eyes. It's actually the only way to salvation. Trying to do it through human effort just doesn't work. And genuinely, here at the message, I'm actually watching this beautiful thing happen more than ever. I'll wander over to our message grocery just next door and I'll chat with people whose eyes are just being open to the gospel today. You know, they, they're just fresh and excited and it's beautiful to them and it's a marvellous thing to see. Ordinary, withinsure folk who are getting something that's foolishness to professors and even theologians. Paul described his life's work in four words in verse 22. We preach Christ crucified. And in a world of entertainment, how stupid preaching might seem. But I don't know whether anybody watched, and I was kind of stirred by this, the inauguration. I'm sure loads of you did. Joe Biden's inauguration. I mean, to be fair, Americans know how to put on a show. Even though they weren't allowed hardly any people there. I mean, what a gig. We would have done this stately, ceremonial thing in the UK. They had Katy Perry and... Oh, they had, I don't know why that's happening. They had Katy Perry and uh, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Lady Gaga. But wasn't it fascinating that the person who stole the show was a young black girl called Amanda Gorman? And she's the girl at the end of the inauguration that everyone was talking about, possibly more than President Joe Biden, though he did a pretty good job, I thought. And this little kid who stood up and, and brought this amazing oratory. She called herself a skinny black kid, but she was amazing. And she just owned the stage and spoke about peace and shared about scripture and just amazing young woman. And we were all like, go, Amanda. And she's actually gone to be number one and number two in the Amazon bestseller list overnight. There was something about, wasn't there, with that girl, the power of the spoken word. I mean, if she can do that, how much more powerful should it be when ordinary men and women preach the message of the cross, the most powerful message in the world? And at the message, our heart is to raise up globally an army of thousands of evangelists who say, I preach Christ 
crucified. That's the call on my life. It's called Advance. And globally, this Saturday, we're believing that we'll be launching 500 new groups. That'll be thousands more evangelists in like 50 nations, multiplying the gift. People who faithfully preach Christ crucified. Wow. Join in the fun. Go on our website and find out you can be part of a group wherever you are in the world. Most of the apostles, as you know, I'm sure, were defined by being unschooled and ordinary. They were rural, common people, but of course, they went on to turn the world upside down. Paul, who wrote these words in 1 Corinthians, was quite different. In fact, he was the exact opposite. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He'd studied theology at the best university under the greatest minds in Jerusalem. And you know what? Paul, when he became a Christian, had to unlearn so much. He had to unlearn so much so-called religious wisdom to make himself unknown to human wisdom to be known by his crucified Lord. He describes the message of the gospel, this upside-down message is a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles. But for the saved, for the called, for us, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. You know, the best defense of the gospel, I think, is, is power. The great thing about the gospel is it works. It's the most powerful thing in the world. Nothing else can change the human heart. You know, you can, you can criticize the message or you can criticize the church or you can have a go, but you can't take away what's happening in real people's lives. And as I look around me at the message and I look at people like this guy, Joe Rogers, you know, his best friend died in a toilet in, injecting heroin. He injected his brother with heroin who died. His, his mum and dad died as alcoholics and, and Satan had for Joe death plan for him. That's, that's Satan's plan, that you will follow in their footsteps. You'll go on to be addicted and broken and lost and ultimately dead. And yet Jesus had another plan. Jesus stepped in. And now there he is, Joe, a role model, a man of God, living a great life and holding out a great job and one of our leaders in the Oaks, mentoring others. I think about this guy, Cyril Wilding, who is just an epic Jesus follower you know, one of our hardest workers and just a blessing to be around. Utterly broken and shattered and self-harming and thoroughly lost and in and out of prison. And then Jesus steps in. I think about Stephen Watton. Years and years on the streets, homeless, addicted, lost. And then some of our Oaks guys go to a homeless shelter in Manchester and share the good news of Jesus. And he gives his life to Christ. And suddenly the power of God's being revealed in his life. Suddenly transformation is coming and last week he started as a, uh, working in the warehouse for the community grocery and he, he's loving life and living life to the full and he's free from all those addictions. Think about another Stephen, Stephen Hamilton, you know, literally one of our best leaders in and out of prison a few years ago, living a chaotic drug addicted life, uh, lifestyle. Think about Dennis Marshall, broken young man who... Oh, not so young, actually, Dennis, to be fair. Well, younger than me anyway, so shut up. Dennis Marshall, in strange ways, prison, utterly broken and alcoholic and chaotic life. And one of our guys goes in, just teaching guitar, 
Because don't just teach him guitar, teach him about Jesus and the way to eternal life. Just the joy in that man's life, that man's redeemed life. And I could go on all morning. It's the power of God. It's, it's, it's something that only God can do, only the gospel can do. You see, I talk about the message being a, a story-driven movement. And, you know, the Lord had a bit of a go at me about that thing. Be careful. You're not just a story-driven movement. Primarily, you're a scripture-driven movement. But our stories come out of our understanding of Scripture. And we celebrate testimonies. Somebody said to me, a couple of people chipped in after the last big hire tour we did in Manchester. We did like five nights or something at the Apollo Theatre. And each night we'd have a testimony because there's power in testimony. And each night it was a hardcore, you know, the kind of testimonies I've just showed you. And these leaders said, well, how come they're all so, like, extreme, your testimonies? Can't we have some nice middle-class kids just sharing their stories? But I was like, well, just think Jesus gets a lot of glory when we see him do the things that only he can do. You know, when we see the power of God displayed, it is hard to deny the power of this gospel. And, and Paul just rejoices in it. In Manchester, well, half of Manchester, to be fair, we're rejoicing in Marcus Rashford. If you're a Man United fan, and what a day to be a Man United fan. Here we are, top of the Premier League. We've knocked Liverpool out of the cup. And at the centre of it, at the heart of it, has been our amazing striker, Marcus Rashford. A young lad, grew up in real poverty, just, a, just down the road from where I'm stood today. And yet he's gone on to be one of the world's greatest footballers and this incredible advocate for the poor. And we celebrate that. We rejoice in that. And go, Marcus, go on. Let's win the Premier League, my son. Let's rescue some poor people and do our best to make a difference in this world. But how much more do we, do we rejoice in evangelists who've come through, preach the message of the cross? You know, I could go on all day, but what about Nick Shalavi? My friend Nick, who was multiple suicide attempts as a teenager, a drug dealer, chaotic, and then Jesus steps in. And now he's just this amazing evangelist and and uh, every single prisoner in Britain is going to be delivered one of Nick's CDs, vital signs, music, going into every prison cell in Britain. And they'll hear his amazing story and we're believing salvation will come to him. What about Lauren Jubb? You know, Lauren he went to one of our gigs not long ago in Sheffield, message gig, and uh, was planning suicide. She had the tablets in her pocket. She was so lost, so broken, and then heard the message of the cross and the power of God broke in. Now again, this amazing young evangelist. Lauren said to send a little uh, uh, message out to one or two of us last week saying she runs genetic sessions, one of the things she does online at the moment, which is training young people in creative arts. And she just put it out there to the kids she's working with. Would you like to be part of a Youth Alpha online? Within minutes, there were, she was excited. There were five kids saying that she want, they want to be part of Alpha online. And then last, last time I heard, there were 15 kids now signed up for Youth Alpha, who kids who've been trained in rap and singing and dancing by Lauren. And now she's not just going to train them in rap and singing and dancing. She's going to train them in the, the message of the cross and the glory of the gospel. And I can't wait to see what happens over the next few weeks with Lauren's Youth Alpha, out of that level of brokenness. And then yesterday I was on the phone to this guy, you know, one of the absolute legends, Mo Timbo, Pastor Mo in Hull. Pastor Mo, as he always does, just said to me yesterday, oh, Andy, we had 12 people come to Christ 
in our church in Hull. And they do tend to be guys like Mo, because Mo was a drug dealer, a knife criminal. He'd knife people. He'd been knifed three times himself. He shouldn't even be alive, but God spared his life. And then he gave his life to Christ just before a long prison cell and literally led hundreds of men to Christ in prison and now leads this amazing church. We rejoice in these things. We celebrate. Yeah, we're glad there's a kid in Withenshaw who's gone on to be one of the best footballers in the world and speaks on behalf of the poor. But I'm even more glad that there's some kid from Brixton who was a knife criminal, now is an ambassador for Christ. Paul says, you know, the foolish things of this world, the ordinary things of this world, shame the wise. Part of the reason Christianity was so offensive to the snobby, hierarchical Greek and Roman society was because of the way it spread amongst the poor and lower classes. It really was and always has been good news to the poor. Look at the Bible. Look at the heroes of the Bible. Look at David, the shepherd boy. Or Gideon, the least from the smallest tribe. Look at Mary, this humble servant used for these incredible God adventures. You know, they're not VIPs. We a few months, a few years ago, we were doing this big festival thing and, and we, we did what we called a VIP reception. So we had a big marquee with all the posh people. You know, the rich donors, the leaders of the civic society. The problem was my brother Michael was back at that time for missionary service in Sudan. And he was living in a mud hut amongst the poor following Jesus. And Michael said to me, I'm not really sure about this VIP thing, Andy. And I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> You know, because we, we looked upon the VIPs as the, you know, the rich people, the, the well-educated people, the successful people. Who were Jesus' VIPs? Have a look at them. They were tax collectors and sinners and broken people, his VIPs, his friends. You know, the secret to Jesus' success was basically he had friends in low places. Have we? In many ways, I believe it's the secret to the message's success and will continue to be when God does the things that only he can do. Because Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. Neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We must humble ourselves in order to do his work his way. Our way is always based on human effort, wise words, good deeds, trying to earn our credit in heaven. His way is always seek me, call on me, return to me. And when we do that, we get these incredible gospel results and rewards Honestly, guys, nothing is impossible for those with a truly humble heart who do his work his way. And the value of our work depends on God's gifts, not on our qualifications and credentials. Is anybody glad of that? I'm glad of that today. If it was based upon my qualifications and credentials, I'm stuffed. However, that's not the way God works. God, let us be ordinary people, who do extraordinary things for you and through you. And that's who you are. You're an ordinary person, a humble person who could never change the world on your own behalf, 
as if. But when God gets hold of you, he can turn the world upside down through you, one life at a time. Do it, Lord. Do it through an ordinary, servant-hearted, humble group of Jesus followers who understand this gospel in all its glory. Let me just pray. Thank you, Jesus, for amazing gospel. It's so different, so radical, so crazy, but so exciting. And yes, and we know you love rich people and you love successful people, but God, give us your heart for the poor, the passion that you displayed so beautifully. And Lord, we pray that you will raise many up who others would look upon as foolish people, simple people, ordinary people, gift them, and empassion them and change the world through them, Lord. And do it through us, we pray, because that's exactly who we are. Thank you for this gospel that's utterly transformational and works in any situation. It's the power of God for the salvation of anyone who believes. And we pray for a season of much salvation as you reveal your wisdom, as you show your power, your wonderful God. We love you. Amen. All right, thanks very much for listening again and watching in. I hope you found it encouraging. Please do share uh, this talk if you found it at all encouraging. Please check out Sunday night or Monday morning on God TV. Here I am, 8.30 on Monday night and 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And go on our website and find out all the cracking things the Message Trust are doing at the moment. God bless you. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.